Yeah, uh, when we talk about the in-crowd at Netflix, we're talking about the subscribers. Uh, that's always a good thing in terms of if we're seeing growth. We want to talk about that a little bit because the company just reported its latest quarterly results. Stock is up about 1.8% in the after hours. Paul Sweeney with us, U.S. Director of Research and Senior Media Internet Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts here in our New York studio. Um, investors initially, when the Netflix numbers crossed, it's like they couldn't make heads or tails out of it because you saw the stock down, you saw the stock up. You look at the quarter, and what do you see? Yeah, I see a very strong quarter. Again, um, you know, investors continue for this company to focus on subscriber net ads, both domestically uh, and then increasingly internationally, because the international market's going to be the long-term growth driver for this company in terms of uh, net new subscribers. And the numbers that came in for the third quarter in terms of sub subscribers were, were much better than expected. Um, for both domestic and internationally? For both domestic and internationally, another clean beat there. Uh, the company kept the guidance for the fourth quarter essentially the same. They did not take up the guidance. And I think for some investors, that was a little bit of a concern. So the stock traded off a little bit here. But I think what's happening here as it relates to the fourth quarter is the company just pushed through a, a pretty big price increase, a dollar per subscriber per month. That's you know anywhere from 10 to 15 percent, depending upon your plan. So a, a big price increase that's going to roll out, you know, started last month and it'll continue through the fourth quarter. So I think the company's trying to be conservative on their subscriber net ads and on the churn that might result from uh, this uh, price increase. So I think that accounts for what could be some cautious fourth quarter subscriber guidance. Paul, what keeps is coming back is the content. And uh, uh, Geetha Ranganathan of Bloomberg Intelligence also put out on our BeLive uh, blog looking at these Netflix earnings. She says, while Netflix's original strategy has been instrumental uh, to its success, the upfront costs have taken a toll on free cash flow. That metric may remain under pressure with an estimated $2.5 billion in 28 spending on originals. This actually looks like she's, she's you know, citing uh, from their release. I mean, yep. that's the other thing that they have to constantly balance. Yeah, they do. And, um, you know, this is a company that, um, you know, it it is a long term play for, the, for for this management team. It is they're doing everything they can, making all the investments they can today to drive subscriber growth. Subscribers will generate uh, subscription revenue, and then as their costs mo moderate over time, as a company scales, uh, they will become more more profitable. So in the U.S. market, which is a more mature market, they are already quite profitable with an operating margin about 35 to 40 percent and improving. Um, in the international markets, they are just starting to break even uh, in, in terms of their international operations, and as that profitability scales, uh, that's where the cash flow ultimately will come from to fund the, these commitments. So they are free cash flow negative this year, two to two and a half billion. Um, if you look at the Bloomberg terminal, Wall Street analysts don't expect them to be free cash flow positive until 2021. Huh. So, um, so the question is, yeah, you know, how do they fund all this the seven, eight billion dollars in programming every year? The way they're funding it is in the debt markets, and the debt markets love this company because uh, they recognize that cash flow potential mm -hmm. uh, should be there that will ultimately pay back the bondholders. So, what trips them up potentially? Well, what potentially tri trips them up is um, a couple things. One is competition. We're seeing more and more c competition in the marketplace from Amazon. Did, who also didn't have, ABC just recently yank? Stuff? Yep. Uh, yeah. Or and, Disney, rather. Yeah, D Disney's pulling back some of its licensed content, which is one of the reasons why this company continues to increase its reliance on its own originally scripted programming as opposed to getting programming from the big media companies because they know mm -hmm. that the big media companies are going to try to develop their own straight-to-consumer uh, right. offerings. Like Disney announced a couple weeks ago, bringing ESPN direct-to-consumers and bringing the, all the Disney channels and the movies direct-to-consumers. So they are cutting out the Netflix. And on net Netflix, the you know the competitive response is to make more of your own programming, and that's what they're doing. But it's very expensive, 7 to $8 billion a year. Uh, their long-term off-balance sheet uh, pr program liabilities, which Corey Johnson loves to reference, it, uh, it continues to grow. That is $17 billion. So when you take a look at this story, um, it really becomes a question of how, ca how fast can they uh, 
scale the cash flow of this company to support their growing programming obligations. It's interesting. I'm looking again at our at our blog that we did. Chris Palmieri, uh, our LA bureau chief, who we talked to earlier, he said the Netflix irony, even as traditional TV networks launch direct to consumer services, the world's largest streaming service is signing more deals with paid TV companies like Francis Altice to put Netflix in the cable bundle. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There are no shortage supply of, of programmers out there in the world, and, and and Netflix obviously is a global brand. They're in every country of the world, with a notable exception of China. Yeah. And there are lots of local programmers out there uh, in in markets around the world that would love to get their content on Netflix. Um, and Netflix, you know, when you, when you take a look at some of their international offerings, it's a it's a combination of some of the U.S. product as well as some of the locally produced product, local language product. So uh, they're partnering, even though even though some of the big U.S. media conglomerates are pulling back. Right. Uh, there's lots of other uh, content creators that want to do business. I was just going to say, if you're a content creator, is Netflix where you want to be ultimately, or is it is it Amazon? Like, where do you want to be? Or you don't care who's ever going to pay the I think you want to go to the highest bidder, generally speaking, is kind of the deals we've seen. But if you take a look at the players out there, Netflix at over 100 million subscribers globally is the absolute best place to be from a from a market uh, penetration perspective. And so, but again, uh, Amazon has extraordinarily deep pockets. Apple just announced that they're going to spend a billion dollars on original programming. Yeah. Just wait till Apple decides they ever want to get into the video business. <laughs> just think about what, what, what that'll mean. Uh, so when when you think about the long-term threats to Amazon, I mean to uh, Netflix, it might be one of these big technology companies with the deep pockets deciding they want to get into the entertainment business or the content business. That might be a you know a, a significant threat. All right, Netflix shares up about 1.6 percent in the after hours. Paul Sweeney, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Paul Sweeney, U.S. Director of Research and Senior Media Internet Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, joining us in our Bloomberg 1130 studios.